Yo, what's up, everybody? <clears throat> Welcome to Daf Dalad of Masech the Shabbos here at Babylon Talmud. Today we are um, today we're going to start off with a little bit of a discussion of uh, the question of a bevai bar abaye from yesterday about can you take down um, dough from an oven if you stuck it to the wall by accident, and then we're going to continue. Tour, um, on the second part of the daf about um, so let's uh, get started we are on daf dalad amur aleph about six or so lines into the page by the two dots here we go gufa so we said yesterday so ask the question if a person by accident or we're assuming it's by accident, but it doesn't actually say it's by accident, maybe it's on purpose. But what we do know is that a person took some dough and he stuck it on the side of the oven to bake. He So what Rebbeibai Barabai wants to know is would he be allowed to take the dough down from the oven to prevent himself, or really to prevent the dough from baking, because once the dough bakes, he will be chayv to bring a chatas um, for the malacha of ofeh. That is what the Gemara wants to know. Because taking down dough from the side of an oven is a um, iser midrabanan, so can he um, sort of violate the iser midrabanan and take down the dough in order to prevent the dough from baking, which will be in Isser de Oraisa. So Amalei Rav Acha Ravina. So Rav Acha says to Ravina, Hey what exactly is the context for Rav Bebai Barabai's question? Well, if it's talking about where he made a mistake. Now, as Rashi points out, and this is sort of a global thing when it comes to Shabbos. There are two ways that you can um, violate a uh, malacha on Shabbos bishogeg. One, as Rashi points out in the Dibra Maschil Velo Idkar, is right al shigigaso shehu shehi Shabbos o shemalachazo asura. Either you forgot that it's Shabbos. So you know that, let's say you're not allowed to bake on Shabbos, but you, you somehow you spaced out and you didn't realize that it's Shabbos. Or you know it's Shabbos, but you didn't realize that baking was problematic on Shabbos. So those are the two ways that you can do something bishogeg on Shabbos. So Rav Achabar Abaye says, are we talking about where the guy put the bread in the oven, the dough in the oven by accident? Either he didn't realize it was Shabbos or he didn't realize that you're not allowed to put dough in an oven. And he didn't realize at any point that it was Shabbos, or he didn't realize at any point that he's not allowed to bake bread on Shabbos. Well, if that's the case, then the Lamani Tiru, then who are we permitting to take down the dough? I mean, if he, if he didn't remember the entire time that baking this dough was problematic, well, then he, he, he's not going to think to take down the dough. So, Velilav, the Ihadar Vidkar. Okay, so it must be talking about where he put the dough in the oven. And then he realized like, oh, wait, I, I, I'm not supposed to be doing this. This is Shabbos and this is a Milacha. Shoot. Okay. So he figures, let me take down the 
dough from the oven, from the wall of the oven, so that I don't violate, so I don't, so I'm not chayv to bring a korban chatos when it bakes. However, if that's the case, mi mechayv, in that case, would he even have to bring a korban chatos when the dough bakes? Ve'atnan, but we learn in the Mishnah, kol chayv v'chatos, einan chayovin, ajitei tchilas an shgaga, v'sof an shgaga. In order for you to be chayv, to bring a korban chatos, you would have had to have done the entire malacha by accident. So like, I don't know, let's say um, you didn't realize that it's Shabbos and you pick an apple off of a tree or something and you eat it. So you picked the apple off the tree and you ate it. You did that entire, you know, picking the apple off the tree was enti- done entirely bishogeg. In this case, however, sure, he put the dough on the wall of the oven bishogeg, but if we're saying that, then he realized like, oh wait, I'm not supposed to be baking bread today, it's Shabbos. Well, then that means that by the time the bread actually bakes, it was no longer a shogeg. He already knew, he was already knowledgeable, he already knew that he was going to be baking and you can't bake on Shabbos, so therefore he wouldn't be chayv to bring a korban chatas. So the whole question of can he take down the dough so that he won't get to a situation where he has to bring a korban chatas is really an irrelevant question because he's not going to have to bring a korban chatas since by the time the baking actually happened, he realized he wasn't shogeg anymore. He realized that you're not supposed to bake this dough on Shabbos. Okay, new. So again, so what's the context where the question is, can he take down the dough from the oven to prevent himself from coming to a situation where he has to bring a korban chatas? Ella, bimezid. Okay, so we're saying it's actually not where he did it by accident. He did it on purpose. He said, you know what, I don't care. I know that it's Shabbos. I know that I'm not allowed to um, bake bread on Shabbos. And nonetheless, he takes the dough, slaps it on the wall of the oven. And then I guess he realizes that, you know what, maybe that wasn't such a great idea. And now he wants to take it down. So can he take it down before it bakes? But the Gemara says, yeah, but you can't say that it's talking about Bemezid because if it was talking about Bemezid, then, you know, Rebbeva Barabai's kasha was, can he take it down before he comes to a situation where he has to bring a Korban Chatas, right? But if he did it on purpose, we wouldn't be talking about Chatas here. We'd be talking about Skila, assuming that he was warned, etc. But at least Kares, at least, you know. So, or, or Isser Skila, meaning, you can even say, meaning, before he gets to something that in its Isser, there is skila if he would have the proper warnings. So it can't be talking about where it's bemezid, because we're talking about a chatas. So, so what's the context? If he, if he forgot the entire time, well then, um, he wouldn't remember to take down the bread anyways. If he remembered by the end, well then he wouldn't be a chayv a korban chatas. If he did it on purpose, well then it would be skila, it wouldn't be chatas. So Amr of Shila, so it says of Shila, if you remember of Shila, Mistamid is the same of Shila from Mesechta Brachos, who was giving makos to that fellow and then uh, killed him for being a uh, rodef. In any event, the olam b'shogeg, so Rav Shila says, okay, it is talking about b'shogeg, okay? Ulamani tiru, well then if it's shogeg and Mistama it's talking about where he didn't remember at all, well then who are they permitting to take it down? This guy didn't realize that what he's doing is wrong in the first place. Le'acherim. It's talking about other people, meaning, if Ruvain didn't realize that he's not allowed to bake dough on Shabbos, so he slapped it onto the oven, and then he went to go somewhere. Shimon sees, wait a second, Ruvain just slapped some dough on the wall of the oven, he's going to be chayef to bring a korban chatas. I don't want Ruvain to have to 
let me take it down before it bakes that he doesn't have to bring to prevent him from having to bring a korban khatas. That is Rabbevai Barbai's kasha. Can you violate the Isra of removing the dough from the wall of the oven? Can Shimon do that in order to prevent Ruvain from getting himself into a situation where he has to bring a korban khatas? That is a bevai, that is a bevai, barabai is kasha. Maskifla Ravashi. Ravashi asks, Vichi omlo lo adam, chatei, kadeshiizka chavercha? One second, one second. What's even the havamina over here to say that Shimon should be allowed to take down the dough to prevent Ruvain from having to bring a chatas? Do we ever say, do we ever suggest to somebody to do even a, 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 a lower level sin in order to prevent his friend from being chayab for a higher level sin. So in this case, is it even a habmina to say that Shimon would be able to be to over in Isidurabanan of Ridiya Sapas, of taking the bread, the dough off of the oven in order to prevent Ruven from having to bring a korban khatas for having violated in Isidur Isa? No, of course we don't do that. Okay, so again, back to the drawing board. So then, what is the case where a Bevai Bayabai wants to know, can he take down the uh, dough? Ella Amaravashi, the Olam Bemezid, okay? So, actually it is talking about Bemezid, where the guy purposely put the dough in the oven. Or, Ve'ema Kodem Shiyavulide Isr Skila, what about the fact that a Bevai Bayabai was talking about a Chiyuv Chatas, not a Chiyuv Skila? So, Ravashi says, no, so say that a Bevai Bayabai is talking about a Chiyuv Skila, not a chiyuv chatas. In Isra Skila, not a chiyuv chatas. And Rav Achabre Durava, Masni Lo Behedra. And actually, Rav Achabre Durava teaches Rav Bevai Barabaye explicitly like this, that it's talking about Bemezid and talking about Skila. And in explaining Rav Bevai Barabaye, he doesn't ask it as a question, he actually says it as a statement. Amr Rav Bevai Barabaye, Hidbik Pas Bitanur, Hitiru Lo Radosa, Kodum Shiavo, Lide Isra Skila. Zel. So Rav Beva Barabaye, according to Rav Achabre Durava, Rav Beva Barabaye isn't asking a question, he's making a statement. And he's saying that if a person on purpose stuck dough to the side of an oven, he would be allowed to take it down and violate the Isidurabanan in order to prevent him from violating an Isr Skila, which is, you know, if you, you know, being violating Ofeh, which is Nav Melacha, on Shabbos, if he does it on purpose. Okay. So going back into our Mishnah, we said that if the poor person who's standing in the Rishus HaRabim sticks his hand through the window of the house and then the Balabai, and then he puts it in the hand of the Balabai. So the Ani did Nakira in Rishus HaRabim and Anacha in Rishus HaYachid. So we say that the Ani would be Chayv to bring a Korban Chatos because we're assuming he did it by accident. But am I Chayv? How come he should be Chayv to bring a Korban Chatos? Rabba Inan Akira Vanacha so the kasha is that the Gemara is asking that in order for the somebody really to for anybody to be chayev for hotza, the assumption is that he would have had to have picked up the object from a place that is four amos by four amos. So Rishus Arabim probably isn't such an issue there because you're just outside. So. It's way more than four amos on four amos. So you pick, let's say, something up off the ground. Great. So you picked it up from four amos on four amos. But then he's sticking his hand through the window and putting it in the hand 
of the Balabais. Now, the hand of the Balabais is not four amos by four amos. Four amos is something like around six feet, right? The, the own, the, the, the Balabais' hand is not six feet by six feet. So why are we saying that when the Ani picks up this object from Shusarab and sticks his hand through the window, puts it in the hand of the Balabais, why would he be Chayavachatas? The Hanacha wasn't in a place that was large enough, that was four amos by four amos to be chai, you know, considered a hanacha. And as Rashi points out, the, the issue is an issue of, of chashiva, an issue of chashivos, right? Says Rashi, Mi al-gabi akira. Right? That a place that's four amos by four amos is considered, you know, chashuv enough for us to consider, for, for us to consider, you know, is having picked it up from this place to be considered Akira uh, and having put it down on this place that's four amos by four amos to be considered a chashuv hanacha. Okay. So amai chayev, why would the ani be chayev about in an akira va'anacha me'agavi makom dalad al dalad veleka? And over here there isn't an akira and anacha um, with dal, you know dalad al dalad. Maybe the akira in Rosh Hashanah was from dalad al dalad, but the anacha in the hand of the balabais in the house was not dalad al dalad. So Amar Rav, Rabba, so Rabba answers this question. Hamani Rabbi Akiva. So who is the author of our Mishnah that says that when he puts it in the hand of the Balabayas, he's Chayev? So that's Rabbi Akiva. The Amar Lobayinan because Rabbi Akiva says that you don't need to um, have four Amos by four Amos. Ditznan, as we learn in the Mishnah, Azorik Merushus Ayachid Lerushus Ayachid Rishus Arabim Beemtza. Oh, so what if you throw something from Rishus Ayachid to another Rishus Ayachid? So the Akira happened in Rishus Ayachid, and the Anacha happened in Rishus Ayachid. So Al uh, there shouldn't really be a problem, or Harachnasa for that matter, right? Right. Otsa Merushus Lerushus isn't a problem because it's Rishus Ayachid to Rishus Ayachid. However, you threw it over a Rishus Arabim. So, Rabbi Kiva Machayev. Rabbi Kiva says that that's a problem. The Chacham Potim, the Chacham say, no, it's no problem. The Maise, you had an Akira in Rishus Ayachid, Anach in Rishus Ayachid, it's no problem. Rabbi Kiva says, Ramin and Kluta, Kmi Shunacha Damia. Rabban and Sabe, Lo Amin and Kluta, Kmi Shunacha Damia. So, Rabbi Kiva holds that once it goes into the airspace, of the Rishus HaRabim. So, you're, you're in a Rish, one year Rishus HaYachid. Let's say you're in your house, okay? Or in your, in your Chatser. And you throw it over the Rishus HaRabim to go to another Chatser. Well, once it goes into the airspace of the Rishus HaRabim, it's considered as if it landed. And over there, it's not landing, you know, it's not a hush of a landing. It's not like it's actually landing on a place that's four Amos by four Amos. Oh, it's just, it's, we're considering it, you know, in, in theory, that, you know, once it gets into the airspace of the Rishus Arabim, it's Ki'ilu, it landed. And therefore, that's why Rabbi Akiva is considering it to be in Akira, in Rishus Ayachid, in Anacha, in the Rishus Arabim, even though it didn't really land over there. And it wasn't a hush of landing, but it's enough. And therefore, um, Rabbi Akiva is going to be the, we want to argue, Rabbi wants to argue that Rabbi Akiva is the author of our Mishnah. And therefore, when the Ani takes this object from the Rishus Arabim and puts it in the hand of the, of the Balabais, and the Rishus even though it's not Dalar Amos, Al Dalar Amos, and, you know, it's not Chashuv, Rabbi Kiva doesn't, doesn't require that. Whereas the Rabbanan say, we don't say Kluta Kemoshu Nachadamya. We don't say that once the object passed through the air of the Rishus 
Harabim, it's as if it landed in Rishus Harabim. And therefore, according to the Chachamim, all we have is an Akira in Rishus Hayachid, Anacha in a different Rishus Hayachid. It passed through the Rishus Harabim, but that really doesn't matter. So therefore, it would be okay, according to the Chachamim. But the author of our Mishnah is going to be Rabbi Akiva. Now the Gemara asks Akasha, Lememra, Tipshitele, Lerabba, Tibekluta, Kemisha, Unacha, Damya, Uvisocha, Sara, Plige? One second. Rabbah just quoted this machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and the Chachamim in a case where um, he throws something from Rishus HaYachid to another Rishus HaYachid and there is a Rishus HaRabim in the middle over there. And he explained that the machlokas is, do you say, Kluta Kmishu Nachadamya? Rabbi Akiva says yes, the Chachamim say no. Well, that assumes two things. It assumes A, that the machlokas is whether or not you say Kluta Kmishu Nachadamya. The second kasha is, the, the, the second assumption there is that the object is passing through Rishus Harabim within 10 Tfachim of the ground. Because as we learned yesterday, if it's above 10 Tfachim from the ground, it's a Makum Ptur and it's not passing through Rishus Harabim at all. So in order for it to be considered passing through Rishus Harabim, it would have to be within 10 Tfachim of the ground. Now, however, apparently that isn't, wasn't so, so straightforward according to Rabba. Rabba. But Rabba actually specifically asked, is that in fact what the machlokas between Rabbi Kiva and the Chachamim is? Debai Rabba. Rabba asked, plige, do we say that the machlokas between Rabbi Kiva and the Chachamim is within ten Tvachim of the ground? Uvaha plige, and this is what they're arguing about. Rabbi Kiva holds that once the object passes in, to the airspace of the Rishus Harabim, it's as if it landed there. And the Rabbanan say that we don't say that once it enters into the airspace of Rishus Harabim, it's as if it landed there. And therefore, it was, there was an Akira in the Rishus Hayachid and Hanacha in the other Rishus Hayachid, according to Chacham, and it's okay. But if the object passed above Tent Fachim from the ground, Everyone would say, Potter, right? Maybe Potter of Alasar, I guess. But in any event, you'd be Potter because it didn't pass through Rishus Harabim at all. It went from one Rishus Hayachid through a Makam Ptur to another Rishus Hayachid. So there's no problem. Udichuli Alma, now this is a new concept. Udichuli Alma, and everybody agrees, both Rabbi Akiva and the Chacham agree. Lo Yafinon Zorik Mimoshit. That we don't learn out Zorik Mimoshit. What's Moshit? Moshit is that when they were, uh, you know, dismantling the Mishkan and traveling with the Mishkan. And now Rashi points out, Rashi says at the beginning of Dafei Omed Aleph, right? On the f- uh, fourth line of Dafei Omed Aleph, Rashi says, V'chol malachos de b'shavis mishkan gamre. We learn out all of the malachos of Shabbos from the Mishkan. And therefore, if we're talking about, you know, Hotzav Meirushus Lerushus, so we're going to bring examples from how they used to do things in the Mishkan. So when it came to the Krashim, the beams of the Mishkan, right, the, the beams that would give the structure to the Mishkan, so what they would do is they would have one end of the beam in one wagon, right, when they would travel, it would be in one wagon, and then you'd have the other of the beam in another wagon, each wagon was a Rishus Hayachid, and then, they, you know, it would kind of extend over the Rishus Harabim, essentially, in between the two wagons. And this was above 10 Tfachim. 
And that's what's called hoshata, extending, right? So you have one, you know, you have, so you have one end of the beam in one Rishus Sayyachid. You have the other end of the beam in another Rishus Sayyachid. And then it is ex- being extended over Rishus Sarabim, and that's above 10 Tfachim. And since that's how they would do it, the Gabe, the Krashim, so that would be considered a Malacha on Shabbos, and you wouldn't be allowed to do it. So everyone agrees that in this case, where you're throwing something from Rishus Sayyachid to another Rishus Sayyachid, Okay, even though it's above 10 Tfachim, and when it comes to extending something like a beam from one Rishus Hayachid to another Rishus Hayachid above a Rishus Harabim, above 10 Tfachim, that would be not allowed. However, since you're throwing it, it is allowed. If it was within 10 Tfachim it would, of the ground, it would be the Machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and the Chacham about do you say Klutu Kemishu and But we say that since it's above 10 Tfachim, it's in a Makom Ptur, and we don't say that throwing is like extending, and therefore, um, there, there, there's no reason to say that it should be a problem if it's above 10 tefachim. Okay, fine. So that, so Rabbi said maybe that would be how to explain the machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and the Chachamim, that is within 10 tefachim of the ground, and the machlokas do say, Kluta Odilma, but Rabbi thought maybe there was another way to explain the machlokas between Rabbi Akiva and the Chachamim. Dilma Lamaila, no, maybe they're actually arguing about where you threw it above 10 Tfachim. And this is the Machlogos. The Rebbe Akiva says that we um, do learn out throwing from extending. And just like extending something from one Rishus to another Rishus over Rishus, from one Rishus Sayachid to another Rishus Sayachid over Rishus Arabim, even though it's above 10 Tfachim, that wouldn't be allowed. So throwing also, even though it's above 10 Tfachim, it wouldn't be allowed. Rabbanan Sabre, lo yafin zarek mi Moshit. The Rabbanan would say, no, we don't learn out Zorik from Moshit. And even though Moshit is not allowed above 10 Tfachim, Zorik would be allowed above 10 Tfachim according to the Chachamim. Avalamata me'asar devi'akol chayev. But if it was within 10 Tfachim, both Rabbi Kiv and the Chachamim would agree that, that, that it would be a problem. My time, ma'akam, because Amir and Kluta Kmishunach Adamya, because we would say that once it goes into the airspace of the Rosh Hashanah, it's as if it landed there. So that is Rabbah's kasha. So it's funny. So it's interesting. On the one hand, Rabbah is saying over here that our mission must be Rabbi Akiva who says, Kluta Yet apparently it wasn't so clear if that's the Machlokas, that Rabbi Akiva says, Kluta and the Chacham say, Kluta is not Yet he actually asked if uh, maybe that was Machlokas, or maybe the Machlokas was simply, do you learn out Zrika from Hoshata or not? Zrika from Moshit or not? So the Gemara says, Halo Kasha, Basudibai, Hadar, Ifshitale. So no, it's no problem. Meaning, it's true. Initially, Rabbah had asked, you know, is the Machlokas within 10 Tfachim of the ground, and it's a Machlokas about Kluto Kamishu Nachadamia? Or is it talking about above 10 Tfachim of the ground, and it's a question of, do Yalfinan Zorik Mimoshit or not? But then he answered it and said, okay, no, it's talking about within 10 Tfachim in the ground, and it's a machlokas about Kuto Kemishu Nachadamya, and therefore it must be that our Mishnah is according to Rabbi Akiva, um, who doesn't require Kilu Ahanacha on uh, Dalad al Dalad, and uh, therefore when the Ani puts the object in the hand of the Balabais, then it would be considered Ahanacha, and he would be chayv to bring a Korban. But the Gemara asks, Nihid Savar Rabbi Akiva Kluta Kemishu Nacha Damya, 
Vidilma Hanachahu Dilobaya Akira Baya. All we know is that Rabbi Akiva says that Kluto that if you throw something through Rosh Hashanah, it's as if it landed there, so that by Hanacha you don't need Daladalad, but maybe by the Akira you would need Daladalad. After all, Rabbi Akiva says that if you take something from one Rosh Hashanah and you throw it into another Rosh Hashanah and there's a Shusharabim in the middle, he says you're Chayav once. You're Chayav because Kluto It's Ke'ilu, you had an Akira in the first Rosh Hashanah. You then threw it through the second, through the Rosh Hashanah. So when it got into the airspace of the Rosh Hashanah, it's Ke'ilu, it landed there. So that's why, so there's an Akira in Rosh Hashayachid and a Hanacha in Rosh Hashayachid. Therefore, you're chayv to bring a Korban, a Korban Chatas. But he doesn't then continue and say that you're also chayv to bring a second Korban Chatas because when it continued into the second Rosh Hashayachid, it was Kilu, there was then an Akira in the Rosh Hashayachid and then a Hanacha in the second Rosh Hashayachid and therefore you'd be chayv a second Chatas. He doesn't say that. Which means that all we know is that according to Rabbi Akiva, Hanacha doesn't require a makom of dalad al dalad. But it would sound like the Akira, he would require a makom dalad al dalad. It has to be more chashuv, right? So therefore, I understand when the Ani picks something up in Rosh Hashanah, sticks his hand through the window and puts it down in the hand of the Balabais, which isn't four amos by four amos, because it's a hanacha according to Rabbi Kiva, and you don't, right, that according to Rabbi Kiva, you don't need a hanacha dalad al dalad. But what if the Ani picks his, sticks his empty hand through the window, picks up something from the hand of the Balabayas, and then brings it back outside to him? That's an Akira, and the hand of the Balabayas is not four amos by four amos. So I don't know that Rabbi Akiva would say that that would be Aser. Okay, well then, then, so then who's the author of our Mishnah? Who says that you don't need an Akira or a Hanacha from a place of Dalit al so Elamar of Yosef, Hamani Rebihi. So if Yosef suggests that maybe the author of our Mishnah is Taka Rebbe. Okay. Hey Rebbe, which opinion of Rebbe would we learn this out from? From which opinion of Rebbe would we assume that the author of our Mishnah is Rebbe? So Ilema Ha Rebbe, if you're saying it's the following opinion of Rebbe, Ditanyas, we learn in a Braisa. Zarak Vinach Algabi Ziz Kolshu. Okay. You have a guy, he is in Rosh Hashanah, okay? And he threw Epis, he threw an object, okay? Now, this is not Hotzah Merishus Lerishus, right? Because he's throwing something from Rosh Hashanah and it's going to land in Rosh Hashanah. So it's not Hotzah Merishus Lerishus. This, I believe, is what would be called Ha'avara, right? You can't move something, right? This is like why we have an Erev, because you can't carry something. I mean, I guess both because of Hotzah and Achnasa, but also because, you know, even if you pick up something in Rosh Hashanah, you can't walk with it, Dalaramos. Right? So here, it's the same thing for throwing because it's your koach, it's your energy. So therefore, we're saying, what happens if a person takes an object, he's in Rosh Hashanah, and he throws it down almost in Rosh Hashanah. But here's the thing. It didn't land on the floor of Rosh Hashanah. It landed on some thing that was sticking out of a wall. And that thing that's sticking out of the wall is not dalad al dalad. So, Rebbe Mechaev, V'chacham Potu. So Rebbe says that you're chayv, and Chacham say that you're potter. Oh, so we want to say, wow, so Rebbe's saying that it's chayv when the thing lands on this thing, even this thing sticking out of the wall, even though it's not dalad al-dalad, it must be that he holds that you don't need dalad al-dalad for a hanacha, and therefore our Mishnah must be Rebbe. But it's not so pashat. The Gemara says, Hasum kedabayinan lemeimar lekamun kedabayi. One second, over there, 
We're not explaining that case correctly about when the guy throws something in Rosh and it lands on something sticking out. It's not as simple as that. The Amr Abai that Abai says, No, here we're talking about what's this thing sticking out that it landed on? It's talking about a tree that's in Rosh Hashanah. And there's a little bit of the tree sticking out into Rosh Hashanah. And that is where this object landed. On that little bit of the tree that's sticking out. Vizarak Vinach Anofo. So he threw this object in Rosh Hashanah and it landed on this piece of the tree that's sticking over Rosh Hashanah. The Rebbe Savar, the Rebbe says, Amrinan Shdinofo Basar Ikaro. That according to Rebbe, even though this nof, even though this little piece that's sticking out in Rosh Hashanah is not Dalad al Dalad, but since it's connected to the tree, it's connected to the roots of the tree, to the trunk of the tree in Rosh Hashanah, and that trunk is Dalad al Dalad, that that therefore gives chashivus, it gives significance to this little piece that is sticking out into Rosh Hashanah. And this little piece is considered, you know, significant enough as if it was, you know, the, the same level of significance as something that would be four Amos by four Amos. And therefore, Zel, he, he was in Rishus Harabim. He picked up something through Talad Amos in Rishus Harabim. It landed on something Chashuv. So therefore, according to Rebbe, it would be, uh, he, he would be Chayev for, for, for having thrown something for Amos in Rishus Harabim. For Rabbanan Sabri, Lo Amrinan Shtinofo, Basariko. But the Rabbanan say, we don't say that, you know, the, the, the trunk of the tree, which is four amos by four amos, gives significance to this little piece that's sticking out. And therefore, as far as they're concerned, you threw something with Shusarabim. It landed on something that is not Chashuv at all. It's a tiny little thing. It's not Dalar Adal. It's not Chashuv. So therefore, according to the Abanan, you're going to be Pater. But, even according to Rebbe, who says that you're Chayv when it lands on this little tiny thing, it's only because it's chashuv, because it's connected to a tree. But the hand of the balabayas, which is just a hand, and it's not four amos by four amos. So, so in that case, um, Rebbe may not say that the ani would be chayev for putting it down in the balabayas's hand. Okay, eloha Rebbe. Okay, so rather it must be then this opinion of Rebbe. Titania, as we go, as we learn in the Brisa, Zarak So this is the opposite case of what we were talking about before. In this case, he's thrown from one Rishus Rabim to another Rishus Rabim, but it passes through a Rishus Yachid in the middle. So let's say like there is a Rishus Rabim, maybe there's like a house there, and you kind of throw it in one window, and then it goes out the next window and lands on the other side of Rishus Rabim, I guess. Right? So you threw it for Amos and Rishus Rabim, so you're in Rishus Rabim, it goes through Rishus Yachid, then lands in Rishus Rabim. Okay. Rebbe Mechaev, so Rebbe says that you're going to be Chaev. Vachacham Potrin. And the Chacham say that you're Potter. Okay. Ve'amar of Yehuda Amar Shmuel, Mechaev Ay Rebbe Shtayim. Oh, perfect. Rebbe was Mechaev Shtayim for doing that. Achas Mishum Otsav, Achas Mishum. Hachnasa ama lo bayakir v'lo anacha algabe makom dalad aldalad. Perfect. So according to Rebbe, it's exactly what we're looking for. You're in Rishis You throw something 
you know, through Erishus Hayachid, onto, and then it goes out into Erishus Aram. So let's just say we have a house, you throw it in one window, it goes out the next window and lands again in Rishus Arabim. We're saying you're Chayv. And Rabbi says you're Chayv twi- twice. Because, you know, what's the Svara? The Svara is going to be this. You're in Rishus Arabim. You pick up something, so that's an Akira. You throw it through the window of the house. So now it's in Rishus Hayachid. And like we were explaining by Rabbi, Kluta, uh, by, by Rabbi Akiva, <clears throat> Kluta Kmishuna Achadamya. So once it goes into the house, it's as if it landed in there. We don't need it necessarily to actually land. We don't need it to land on a dalad adalad. Stop. So there's the hanacha. Even though it's not a chosh of a hanacha, but we consider it like hanacha. So that is hachnasa, right? Because there's an akira in Rishus Arabim and a hanacha in Rishus Ayachin. And then he's chayv a second korban because then it continued. So it was as if there was an akira in the Rishus Ayachin, even though it wasn't actually from Agabe dalad adalad because it never actually landed, but it's ki'ilu. So even though it's not Choshev, it's, it's enough. And it's now, Ke'ilu, there was a hana, uh, an Akira in the Rishus HaYachid. Then goes out the second window, and there's now a Hanacha in the Rishus HaRabim, the second Rishus HaRabim. And uh, Zeo, you can be Chayev now for Hotza'ah from Rishus HaYachid to Rishus HaRabim. Perfect. So let's prove from there that Rabbi, uh, that Rabbi does not require a Choshev uh, uh, Hanacha or a Chashuv Akira, and therefore it would be enough for the Ani who's standing in the Shusharabim to stick his hand through the window, put it down in the hand of the Balabayas that is not Dalad Adal, that would be considered a Hanacha and Bichayev a Korban. He can also put his empty hand through the window, pick up something from the hand of the Balabayas which is not Dalad Adal, and then take it out with him, uh, and that would also be Chayev Echatas. We've found our Tana of our Mishnah, it's Rebbe. Which also makes sense, because Rebbe, of course, was the editor of the Mishnayis. However, not so fast. Rebbe says that in this case, where you're throwing something from one Rishasah Arabim to another Rishasah Arabim, and it passes to a Rishasah Yachid, it's only a Rishasah Yachid, kind of like I was explaining, that it's a house, i.e. that it has a roof. So it's only because it was passing through a Rosh that has a roof on it, that is why he says that, you know, Kluta Kamishu Nachadamya, and it's both, uh, 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 the, the, the Hanacha is enough and the Akira is enough. Even though it's not Dalad Adalad. The Aminu, because we say, Besa Kiman Demalya Damya. Because we'll say that if there's a house with a roof on it, if there's a Yerushas with a roof on it, we consider it as if the entire structure, the entire house is filled up with items. And therefore, it's not like the object that you're throwing through one window and going out the other window is just traveling right through. Because we treat it as if it's all filled up with stuff. And therefore, it's as if it, 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 it like landed in there and then it got, you know, it got picked up again and then left. Right? Rashi says, right, have kimunach. It's as if he was like landed in there because the whole house is filled, right? So it's not like it's just, you know, flying through the Rishus Hayachid. It's kilu. It stopped in the Rishus Hayachid and then picked itself up again and left. Aval she'eno mikora, low. But if it, uh, there was no roof on the Rishus Hayachid, we wouldn't simply say, kluta kimishunach adamya, you don't need a chashava talad amos, 
No, Rebbe says specifically in this case where it goes from one Roshasayachim through a Roshasayachim that has a roof on it and therefore because of the roof it's keilu, it's filled up with items and as if the object stopped in there. Only in that case would we say that um, it's considered Anacha and Akira but in general would we just say that like you don't need a Chashuv Hanacha, in general, would we say that if there was no roof on it and you just threw an object from one Rishus Arabim to another Rishus Arabim through a uh, Rishus Ayacha that didn't have a roof on it, we wouldn't just say Klutak Mishunacha Damya and you don't need uh, a significant Hanacha and a significant Akira. We wouldn't say that. So back to the drawing board. Then, well, then who's the author of our Mishnah? Who's going to say that you can, Dani can put the object in the hand of the Balabayas? Which is not dalal dalal, and that's enough. But the Gemara, the Gemara is not not it still wants to give one last opportunity to try to prove that it's Rebbe Rebbe. But maybe we'll say okay, but the Balabais is of course in his house, and the house has a roof, so therefore okay, it makes sense. So the Ani picks up something in Rishusa Rabin, sticks his hand into the house. The house has a roof on it, so it's kilo. It it, it 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 landed in there, and he's going to be chayiv for that kira and anacha. Yeah, but Atinach Bershusayachid Mikora, Bershusarab Mikora Michayev. Fine, okay, you can explain that the Balabais is inside a Rishusayachid and that Rishusayachid has a roof. But what about, let's say, when the Ani then picks up something, right? Or, or let's say the Balabais, when he picks up something in his house, he sticks his hand out the window and puts it down in the, in the hand of the Ani. So, how, how is he possible? The, the, the hand of the Ani is not Daladadalad. And you can't say that it's talking about Rosh Hashanah that has a roof on it. Because Rosh Hashanah can't have a roof on it. That if somebody were to be ma'avir, a chefetz da'ad amos Rosh Hashanah So if you have a Rosh Hashanah that has a roof over it, and then you walk for Amos in there, you carry something for Amos in a Rosh Hashanah with a roof on it, so you would be potter. Because it's not similar, right? We need it to be similar to the flags in the Midbar, that basically all the B'nai Israel in the Midbar were not under a roof. They were out in the open. Therefore, when we're talking about Rosh Hashanah, we're talking about Rosh Hashanah that's out in the open. So therefore, in order for the Balabayas to be able to, I guess, be chayev when he for passing something into Rosh Hashanah, it would have to be Rosh Hashanah that doesn't have a roof on it because it has to be similar to 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 like in the Midbar. And therefore, if it doesn't have a roof on it, Rebbe wouldn't say that it's Chashuv. Right? Rebbe wouldn't say that it would be considered a uh, good Hanacha in Rosh Hashanah. Because he only says that it's a good Hanacha in the case of Rosh Hashanah because there's a roof on it. But if there's no roof, then he wouldn't say that, uh, you know, just and you don't need four on four. And you would say there, you do need four on four. So, okay, so back, you know, back to square one. Who is the author of our Mishnah who says that uh, your hand doesn't have to be four amos by four amos, and yet it's considered a chashav enough place for it to be considered a hanacha or an akira? And we're still trying to find the answer to that. We're, we're done with Daftalad for, for, we're done with Daftalad. We're already on Dafay. And tomorrow we're going to have to continue with our exploration of who the author of our Mishnah could be. 
Okay, what did we learn today? We learned a very, um, we learned a few sort of important things. One is that in order to be chayav korban shogeg, the entire melacha um, had to have been done b'shogeg. We learned that whenever we're talking about shogeg on Shabbos, there are two options of how you can be shogeg on Shabbos. One is that you don't realize it was Shabbos, even though you realize that what you're doing theoretically would be aser on Shabbos. The other one is you know it's Shabbos, but you don't realize that what you're doing is actually aser. Okay. Um, We also learned that all the malachas on Shabbos are learned out from the Mishkan, which is an important thing. And um, yeah, we also enjoyed ourselves in the process. So thanks everybody for joining me. Have a great day. Peace out.